in supportive families. This is Emily Penrod, and my guest today is Meredith Alexander. She's a best-selling author, motivational speaker, high-level coach, an expert in mindset, and a powerhouse entrepreneur. With a fascinating story. Meredith, welcome. Hi, Emma Lou. Thank you for having me. And please tell us your story. Uh, well, interestingly enough, uh, for what I feel like has been my entire life, I have been really immersed and I guess you could even say fixated with what makes us our 1%. How do we be the biggest and best version of ourselves? So whether it was I, I went to a top prep school, I went to Georgetown University and, you know, was immersed in things like Socrates and Hobbes and Plato. And, and then I did things that were more Eastern, like Aikido and Tai Chi. Well, never in a million years did I dream that the real kind of profound lesson in that area would come together, not in one of those amazing institutions, but in what many people would call the school of bitter experience. So for me, that all came to to, to head in, in 2016. It was a Friday afternoon in the middle of my busy season in one of my businesses. And at 3.15 in the afternoon, the phone rang and I discovered that my youngest child who was down in Colombia, South America, had been on a brief little vacation before she returned to building schools and, and working with the population in Peru, she'd taken a vacation to Colombia and gone on a little rafting trip. And she and the group that she was with had made it through the treacherous area and stopped to swim together in this beautiful little grotto with a little overhang and played there, jumped and splashed and had a grand old time you know, for about 30 minutes and the guide had gone up on the ledge to take a picture and all of a sudden before they knew it, this huge boulder came catapulting down onto the group and fortunately everyone ex escaped except unfortunately for us, my daughter. And so I got the call that Skylar, who I just connected with the night before, was in a tiny little hospital in Colombia, literally fighting for her life. She was in a coma. The, the injuries had been so massive. They had no idea how she had survived the hour that it took to get her there. And the, there were four Colombian doctors, including one neurosurgeon who happened to be in this town from Bogota, who were working and going to try to keep her alive long enough for me to come and say my final goodbyes. And so I won't, I won't kid you. I mean, when I, nothing prepares us for that call. Nothing prepares us. And there's such a fury of emotions and it's a, a huge storm of negativity. And yet for me, part of the beauty of it was that it didn't happen locally. I did have to make this incredible kind of pilgrimage all the way 
down to Colombia. And during that time, I did more soul searching than I think I've ever done in my entire life. And, and where it left me was the place of connectivity in a very profound way, looking back, not only at my daughter's life, but at my own life and areas in my life that I'd been able to feel grateful for. And in fact, that I, I'd been sometimes furious with God about that had been horrible at the time to live through. And, and as I looked at them, they became these elements in this beautiful web that left me in a place where I had the choice to look at them and to change my story and to change their meaning in the context of my life. So they became part of this beautiful web that I could either see in its potentially profound beauty and buy into, or I could choose to rebel against all of it and, and, and choose to believe that this was yet another example of, of life being unfair and, and horrible things like that. And I realized that if I went down that path, the worst emotion of all of them would be no way to help my daughter. I would be powerless. I would be victim number two in this and unable to give her any strength. And so that was a huge moment where I realized that a lot of these things that I studied, whether they be the law of attraction, which I prefer to call the law of attracting the right action. I, I look at the word attraction as a contraction. And to me, at its best, it leads to inspiration and expectation. And so... By the time I got to Colombia, I had so invested in the power of our minds, or more specifically, the trusting the process of what I call God universe, that I was diligently and calmly, if it's possible to say this, looking back at all the stories of my life, looking back at all the stories in my daughter's life and bringing them to this harmonic place of powerful expectation and realizing that with every story that we tell, every sentence, every word that we utter, there are paragraphs that are invisible. Just like that, again, that, that spider's web is completely invisible in the morning until you have that one spot where the light hits it just perfectly and you see that it's this amazing scope. And so for me, I realized that when I could genuinely, my mind had to buy into this, genuinely get to this place of positive expectation that life began to almost look like it could bend reality. Life began to look like it had to conform to my vision. And that's really when it seemed like the miracle in my daughter's life and when, and, and therefore in my own life just became exponential. So it began with this, acceptance of yours this understanding this this thought 
Yes. Yes. And it became, it was an investment. It was a choice. And I realized more deeply than ever that the thoughts that we think we get to choose, we get to choose this, how we tell the story and how, so for example, with Skylar, again, it could have been that potentially this child that I loved so amazingly and that was doing incredible things for the world would not make it. And so would that story become that she had lived her at that point, 22 years, just so I could complete the rest of my year saying that I was the mother of a child who had died at an early age and been crushed by a boulder or whatever happened, did I invest in the belief that even if she didn't make it, the, the power of the time that we had had together had ignited something, had been the catalyst for something that could only be erased if I focused on her ending, her death. So if I as part of a great love for her as her mother could focus on the love and life and laughter that she had been about, that we were both about together, then I could never lose her. Even if physically quote unquote, the worst happened, if she had not survived. Does that make sense? Yes, it does. You focused on her life, not yes. on her death. And it was a miracle. She did survive. Yes, yes. We were able to get her airlifted from uh, Socorro to Miami uh, about three days after the event. Uh, once they saw that her brain was stable enough to to travel albeit at at you know sea level we we had to, it was a, a a really interesting bizarre flight on a tiny air ambulance heading as the sun set back to Miami and and uh it was many many months uh or of her actually being treated uh the first several weeks were these really intense um, operations. And, and while I had been in Colombia, it had been very difficult to communicate with people. We had virtually no Wi-Fi access and no place to plug in our phones to recharge them. And so what ironically enough ended up happening was that I wanted to keep people posted on, on how Skylar was, and yet at the same time, I was investing in energy and very much how it connects in the world of the law of energy, the law of attracting the right results and action. And so it became very important to me that people around the world, which she had friends around the world. So literally when I say that, I was thinking, I don't know, a hundred, 150 people I would be keeping posted about this, but those people would have 
a vision of her at her strongest, at her most vibrant, at her most powerful and happy self. And that is what she would return to. Whereas if I let that image dip to a point where she was fighting this horrible death monster, then I would be inadvertently empowering this death monster and making her seem weak. And everybody would be feeding that challenge as opposed to feeding her growth and her health and her success. So the the posts that I started writing virtually from the beginning were very, very uplifting and very focused on everyone being, if you really want to cheer Skylar on, if you want to support our family, then you go out and you spread this positivity. You be the best version of yourself. You find that inner Skylar and, you know, explode farther than you ever would have dreamed possible. And before we knew it, the media had gotten a hold of it. Uh, people began sharing it, reading it to people who weren't even on Facebook. And lo and behold, in a matter of, I don't know, a month or so, we had thousands of followers uh, that I began to call the global family all around the world. I mean, even today, it just, it, 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 it never ceases to surprise us. My daughter and I were in a restaurant with my mom as we took her to an air, the, the airport and someone walked up to us and said, I don't want to interrupt you, but we've been following your story. We're part of your global family. And it's, it's amazing to see how powerfully we can ignite each other when we're willing to connect and be vulnerable. Yes, this is reminding me of your introductory video about it's personal. Yes, and I, I so I believe that I, I so translating a lot of this now we've you know we're on February the nineteenth it will be the third year anniversary of that sweet boulder that came into our life with such a powerful lesson and and between. It, between three years ago, when this part of our journey took such an interesting twist, and now the relevance of now and and how we have been able to um, share some of it and really inspire other people and and now it's gotten to the point where I'm asked on a regular basis to speak and or to to train people how how do people find these invisible stories that are that they're bumping up against over and over and over again um it's this it's the old saying that it's impossible to read the label inside of our own bottle right when we're stuck inside the bottle we can't we we miss sometimes what's right there in front of our face this is so true yes and and so i really feel that there has never been a more powerful and pregnant time um, when people have the potential to make a powerful positive impact on the world and it's not just us individually quote unquote against the world it's us as a global family us having these this wonderful technology where we can 
connect, we can ask questions, we can challenge each other in ways that actually if when we're really at our best, we're we're focusing more on the areas of similarity than we are on the areas that are that there, where there's still some differences to be sorted through and played with. And I believe that our businesses, because now people want more than just a promise of quality service and integrity, people want to know the why of the people behind these businesses and, and the businesses that succeed, the, the entrepreneurs that succeed, those who actually get out there and are hurt are willing to be vulnerable and be personal, totally be personal. And I think that's just such a gift. It is. And I, I totally agree with you. I remember 20 years ago or so, hearing that business had become automated. How often do you actually talk to a person when you call a business and that they would need to go back to that personal touch? I'm intrigued with this wave of positive energy you're starting. I love it. Well, well, thank you. And I really, I mean, one of the greatest gifts in this whole adventure to me has been to be able to work with a number of people that I've started working with to just sh help them to shift their vision of their own stories and those words and to find, to help people see that to start reading the the invisible writing that they've implanted inadvertently within their own stories with the best intention. Most of the time it's, it's because we were just spectacular students when we were very, very, very young. And so we got a lot of information and, and yet it's the difference of let's pretend that you're in, let's, let's take it from a, a business, a sales sort of thing. It's the difference between someone say setting their goal now at the beginning of, of the year, setting their goal and saying, I'm going to go out there and I'm going to make three sales this week. Well, that's what you hear. But what the invisible dialogue can be one of two things. And because our, we still are very energetically based beings, we, we, we interpret, we can feel that in the invisible language. So if I came in and said to you or, or said to myself, even I'm going to make three sales today. And the invisible language was, yeah, but I know it. Oh, I, I don't know if that's realistic because it's, it's always so hard because there's so many, there's so much competition. There's so much this, and we may not even realize that is going on, but that, but energetically it's big and bold. Whereas if we were to say, I'm going to go out there and make three sales this week. And the invisible language is because I've not, not only lived through these amazingly great things, I've lived these, through some things that knocked me down and I have risen so powerfully and so amazingly that I single-handedly am, am the perfect person lined up to help that other person realize that I'm the one who can help them with a solution, right? Those are, it's, it's basically the same sentence, but the invisible language 
is totally different. And therefore, the results that are going to be created are completely the opposite. So our words and our stories are what makes the difference between whether we ever live and reach in in our own 1% zone, whether we wake up in the morning loving our life and feeling bulletproof and feeling like if an obstacle does come our way, that we're just going to turn it into even more rocket fuel. So bring it on, right? Bring it on. We're an amazing planet, an amazing time. We're an amazing species. And for us, for Skylar and me, for example, I'm still her 24-7 caregiver while I'm running um, two other businesses. And yet, and she's still, the you know, we're early in her recovery process. In, in, and I mean her physical recovery. It should be more of her unfolding and evolution. And so when the boulder fell, the, the place that was the most severely damaged was the place that regulates her balance, her ability to stand. So even though physically she is powerful enough to stand, once she tries to stand up, her her hips start weaving almost like she's doing a hula hoop. And, and so she can't even transport herself from a wheelchair to another chair or, you know, that. so that means pretty much she needs help with anything and everything she couldn't get herself out of bed independently and so for a lot a lot of people have asked us how how that's that's not devastating to us and and also how we don't get on each other's nerves and that goes back to the story that we're telling each other and we're genuinely buying into the fact that we have a lot of fun together because it's all part of this, I guess, this cool evolution for us where we get to, we still get to adventure. We still get to, we, we, we are focused on the things that we can do and that we love doing and that the joy that we still have being, being together. And it's not even looking on the bright side. I mean, uh, people have asked me, how we can look on the bright side. And, and I, I tend to answer them by saying, because we're not actually looking on the bright side, because to me, the fact that you're staring and refusing to look away from the bright side just amplifies your awareness of how big and frightening the dark side is. So you may believe that you're focusing on the bright side, but the bright side is not a bright side if the entire area is bright. You know, so yes, that makes perfect sense. If you say I'm focusing on the bright side, that's acknowledging that there's a dark side. Mm-hmm. And, and I can see the power of this message for business, for any, anyone in business who wants to expand their reach and be num- reach the top of their industry. But I'm also hearing that impact on a family. Yes, absolutely. Because, you know, my, my audience, you know, families of children with special needs, they have been dealt. You heard a diagnosis for your daughter. Right. You had to decide, make a choice. Right. I about- used to say, I used to say that I would hear, but I would not listen. 
right? I would hear what I would not listen. And when we got to the hospital, the, the neuro ICU in Miami, we were with one of the best teams in the world. People were flown all over the world to this team because of their experience in quote unquote, the worst of the worst. And they even shared with me that they had done thousands and thousands and thousands of procedures. And if Skylar's case was not the most complicated, it was one of the top three. And, and again, we as human beings are able to read energy, right? And when those, this happened to have been a team of men. And when they walked in to Skylar's tiny little room in the ICU and we had just arrived and, and you, if you can imagine, I was in a place where I was not, I was not a weeping family member. If anything, I was in a place where I had a powerful expectation that everything would be fine, whatever that, whatever the new fine would be. And I trusted the process and in trusting the process, that meant that I, as weird as this may sound, but that that I could be, yes, happy. I could be supportive and I just, I, 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 again, it wasn't even believing there was a power of expectation at that point, even believing has it has a crack in it. And so when they walked in and they looked terrified, they had just acquaint, you know, kind of um, acquainted themselves with, with all the things going on with Skylar. And not only did she have a cracked open skull, she had crushed lungs, she had broken scapulas, she had a fractured spine, she had um, her right thigh had been snapped in half and her left uh, ankle had been pulverized. So there were tons of issues, any one of which could prove fatal to her any moment. And so as they were trying to kind of brace me for the horror of of it all i i actually we had a friend uh in 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 the room at the same time uh who was the father of one of skylar's friends and he he reminded me at one point that what i i i kind of stopped them at one point and very calmly said to them I know that my daughter is going to be fine, whatever that means. And you guys are the best at what you do. You have been given a special genius in this field. This is the best of the best hospital. So all we have to do is figure out how we're going to get her there. And it was interesting because, again, energetically, you could kind of see there, see that, that stress and that, worry almost slip off of them and their focus return on their genius zone, who they really were. So again, I think we can all do this. We get sometimes distracted when we're asked to be pushed way beyond our comfort zone. We're asked to tackle something that we're not sure we're big enough to tackle. And whether, whether this means caring 24 seven for a child or, or something being the, the neurosurgeon that has someone's life in their hands. Um, we're asked to do things that, that sometimes we're not sure. And yet when we can lovingly bring our focus back to who we are 
and where our genius lies. And even if there are only three areas of things that we really excel in, when we can celebrate that and put and rem- and put those invisible words into supporting that, then like the title of the book, the sky is the limit. It's amazing. We surprise ourselves what we can, what we're capable of and how positively we can impact the world just as one person. I love that title. The sky is the limit. Tell us a little bit more. How, how did you come up with that title and tell us about your book? Okay. Um, so actually my daughter had traveled the world, um, in her four years at Yale, uh, everything from Tanzania to Nepal and everywhere in between. And, and at, along the way, she started writing a travel blog for, for a, 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 a what a website that was all about finding unusual things in in your travels and looking at life differently. And she called it sky is the limit like her, but spelled like her name Skylar. So it was S C H U Y is the limit. So when, you know, in the flurry of things, we initially posted a couple posts on her actual Facebook page. And I was so inundated with requests, friend requests. And I realized I had no idea who these people were, who were really people that she would want to stay connected with after she was back on Facebook herself. So I thought, you know what, let's start a page and let's just use her title. Sky is the limit. S-C-H-U-Y is the limit. So that's where the page really evolved and continues to run with updates these days. Last November, once again, I was out at an event and a couple of people came up to me and, and said, when are you going to put this in a book? And I, I kind of looked at these women and I went, but it's on Facebook. Why would you want it in a book that you actually had to pay for? And they went on to say, oh my gosh, our, we, our book club wants it and such and such doesn't read Facebook. And, and so I kind of had that in my head and I, I, went, I went home and, and the idea popped up again. And I thought, huh, well, I guess if maybe I could be of service to more people, then why the heck not? So I kind of played around a little bit and very quickly literally came up with a book cover and quite honestly shot it out to one of the great artists on fiverr.com and said, this is what I want. Do you think you can do it? Within 48 hours, he had it back to me. I wrote a couple of extra chapters. I completely got bogged down doing the dedications. Like, Oh my gosh, I don't want to forget anyone that I'm so grateful for in this, in this journey. But I captured without changing anything. There were no edits, no changes. Everything is absolutely real time from the first post where I had just gotten the call. And I realized I was so over my head. I posted on Facebook. I'm just finding out that my youngest child has been critically injured right while traveling in Colombia. If anyone has experience with this kind of thing, please reach out to me. So starting with that first post and then covering the next four months until we finally got back to Tampa where we live, uh, every single post was included in this book. And so literally it had been submitted to Amazon, I think, 
within two weeks, two, maybe three weeks. And shortly thereafter, I got notification that it was published. I kind of let people on Sky is the Limit know. And within hours, it became the hot new release on Amazon in one of the motivational categories. So it was, but, but because so many people had trouble spelling, pronouncing S-C-H-E-Y, we had several wonderful people um, pronounce it shooey. Uh, so people said, you know what, you really should just change it to the traditional sky. S-K-Y is the limit. So on Amazon, it is the, the, you know, the book is called Sky is the Limit. And sometimes the limit is just the beginning by Meredith Alexander. So um, uh, we can include a link if anyone is interested in purchasing the book. Also, that would yeah. be great. That would be great. Right. And also, I think I, I had mentioned that uh, we're launching, because I've had so many people reach out and ask if, if they could work with me a little bit more uh, with mindset and, and to fine tune again, some of that kind of invisible dialogue and really some actual steps that are achievable and not, not just woo woo, as some people call that real actionable steps to get them to woo hoo, right? So we're launching the Grit Mindset Academy in January 2019. And I wanted to, if it's okay, give your, uh, any of your listeners who might have a question or might want to learn a little bit more about some of the, the steps, this, the, really there's, there's like a formula of that has had amazing results with not just me, but then when I teach it to other people, it, it seems to have really make a positive impact on their life as well. I would like to gift anyone who's interested a little 15 minute sort of discovery with me after which I would give them a, a complimentary, what I call a success and happiness blueprint, which gives an outline actionable steps of the three-part process of identifying and then rebooting, taking some of the things that, that inadvertently maybe we get in our own way doing, rebooting them with things that are going to empower us even when we encounter obstacles and then unleashing that the kind of superpower within ourselves that allows us to make such a massive impact on the world. So um, that people could get just simply by texting the word grit, G-R-I-T, to 26786. And that will connect us and, and I'll get back to them. But um, So text the word grit to yes. 26786. Correct. Correct. Okay. Correct. Awesome. Yes. yes. What I, a gift. I, I just, I'm, our passion is really, we want to inspire thousands and hopefully millions uh, to really dare to believe that it is totally within each and 
every one of our power to live the, that top 1% version of ourselves, to be the best version of ourselves. And by the way, a portion of our proceeds does go to benefit that little hospital in South America that first started working on Skylar. And I tell you, um, while we were there, it was incredibly humbling because I got there and it's this little tiny building that kind of looks like a school, an elementary school here in the U.S. might look. And the ICU is an independent entity. Most uh, small regional hospitals in Colombia do not have an ICU. So if Skylar had been taken to any other regional hospital, her injuries would have been too severe for them to do anything about. And there aren't rooms for the patients. They're just, they're little bits of fabric in between the beds of the patients. And so you walk in and there's a kind of a nurse's area in the center. And then there's just all the sounds of all these life support machines. And, um, and it's hard for them to get doctors. And of course, tremendously hard for the the Colombian people to even afford it. So when my so when I went to Colombia, I actually my other daughter, my older daughter went with me and my amazing son stayed back in the US to try and help with some of those logistics. And so my older daughter and I had both exchanged some money into Colombian funds and when we realized we were going to be airlifting back to Miami, we we thought, you know what, we're not going to be going into the, into the airport. Let's pay it forward. Let's, let's gift this money that we really had not used in Colombia to one of the other families that maybe is in most need. And we did. We were able to gift hundreds and hundreds of dollars to this one family. And it was so powerful for this family that we sort of vowed that if we were ever in a position to come back and support more families, we would do this out of honor for the Colombian people and how much they tried to help us. And then if it, if it gets even bigger to start being able to purchase better and better equipment. And then if we're ever in a position where we can get big enough that we can create a foundation or something where we can actually start helping the uh, more ICUs to be available around the country, that would be a dream come true for us. So that's where we're starting. I love it. And I'm also touched that the people who worked at that tiny little hospital had the, you, you mentioned they were keeping her alive until you could come there. You yes. know, that, but those are good hearts. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And you know, um, we owe even more to them actually, because, uh, you know, I could, I could share hours and hours and hours of some of the um, just crazy, miraculous things that, that happened beginning the morning of her accident, actually. One of the one of the many miracles that happened was that the the day that we got there, um, because they're not the same privacy laws, these doctors were able to share Skylar's some of the photos of Skylar's injuries at a one of the, a global neurosurgery conference that was taking place that weekend, and ironically enough, one of the top neurosurgeons from a top hospital in the U.S. advised them to do a procedure on her that would have 
long-term cataclysmic impact, however, sh potentially short-term value of life-saving value, short-term. But it would be irreversible if they did this. And we found out the next morning that they had made I, I won't, I don't even want to call it the judgment call. They, there was such strong intuition not to do this, not to do that procedure on Skylar that they decided to wait. And the next morning when the hospital opened and we were able to come back in the, the doctor that was overseeing Skylar came rushing to us. He had her CAT scan from the morning on his phone and he showed me something which meant absolutely nothing to me other than the fact that he was very excited about it. And through the translator managed to convey that the, the swelling in her brain had gone down to a level that they would have been excited to see within seven to 10 days, not overnight. Wow. It was possible for it to have done that overnight and yet there it was and had they done that other procedure it would have been devastating to her cognitive skills and probably left her if she did manage to survive as a vegetable quote unquote and yet there there was yet another of many 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 miracles where I did get to the point where I said that I would have been more surprised if we didn't see all the miracles because each of us, I strongly believe, carry within us the a, a limitless volume of potential miracles. We just have to be bold enough to tap into them, whatever that means, whether that means having that, that you know, religious connection that, that brings you into, into, completeness or, or, or whether it is for, for you and your version of tapping into the universal source that maybe we all are. It, it doesn't matter. It is, it is just so there and so possible. And, and we've lived it over and over and over again. Yes. Yes. I love it. So people can go to, we have a link to purchase your book. Yes. And yeah. a link to your website. Great. And, and um, yes, and we have the, you know, the 26786, the grit opt-in. Yes. And of course, um, I, people can, people can email me as well. Meredith spelled M-E-R-I-D-I-T-H at MeredithAlexander.com. And of course, you're welcome to come look on over for the constant updates on Sky is the Limit uh, on Facebook. S-C-H-U-Y is the limit on Facebook. Uh, and come join our, lo our, our global family and be part of massive positive impact on the world. All right. All right. That is exciting. Thank you so much for having me, Emma Lewitt. And to all your listeners out there, thank you so much for sharing your time with us and for, for daring to go out there and do what you do with your own family, including what I call the global family of the world. So you're amazing. Thank you for sharing not only your story, but your energy. Aww. It's strong and it's positive. That's great. World needs more of it. 
Well, we're, we're getting there, aren't we? We're getting there. Yep. Little steps for little feet. <laughs> All right. All right. Have a great day. Thank you so much, Emma Lou, and thanks to all of you listening out there. Here's to a massive 2019. All right.